I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, family all over the world. Thank you for joining in with this for this week's episode of Live Your Best Life, of course, with me, Liz Wright. And I'm so excited about my conversation today. My special guest joining me today has one of the most beautiful hearts that I've had the privilege of being able to, to know a little bit in more recent times. She is the co-founder and director, along with her husband, of Love to the Nations Ministries, which also includes them leading um, a house for children in Greece, which is called Abba House, which takes care of previous orphans and helps to bring them up, knowing that they actually do have a father in heaven and a family surrounding them with love. She's also an author of several books. Her most recent one, I have been glued to, which is absolutely beautiful and really actually calls you higher, calls you higher and back to what our walk is all about. So I know you are going to be so blessed today by the conversation that I am about to have with the beautiful inside and out Jenny Papa Pastolu. Jenny, welcome. Thank you so much, Liz. It's such a blessing to be here with you. Oh, it's really, really such a blessing to be able to talk to you because like I said before we jumped on air, I ha- could not stop listening to your book. I listened to it in the audio version absolutely beautiful story inspirational and I love how you've been and I thank you for being so vulnerable and so honest about your journey because it's very empowering it's very real and and you know I think we need to be real with each other in this hour don't we and we need to get back to what's most important and you know your life is all about Jesus it's all about loving him and loving the one in front of you and being compelled by his love in every situation. And your relationship with him is literally changing lives, you know, around the world. And it's just a beautiful thing, isn't it? He takes our tiny little lives and breathes (laughs) and does something so beautiful through us if we'll just let go and yield. So I want it just for people that are not familiar with who you are. I'd love you to share a little bit of your backstory. And there was there was one thing that I read in well, I listened to in your book where you got to a point where you just said to Jesus, I don't care what it looks like. I just want to follow you. And like you you were saying that your heart knew there was much more and you just got to that place of desperation and actually surrender. So can we start there? Will you give us some of your story? Like what led you to that point? Yeah, definitely. Well, I grew up in a ministry family, in a very well-known ministry family, the Copeland family. I grew up around so many conferences, so many events, so many church services, so many big things, which is so beautiful. And I've seen that side of the kingdom. So growing up, I always knew that I was called to preach the gospel so this, be, this was my reality of preaching the gospel, what I saw in front of me. So this was my goal. I've never had to wonder, oh, what am I going to be when I grow up? I always knew I'm called to tell people about Jesus. So I grew up with this reality and just assuming that my life would just look big, like I saw it. It modeled in front of me. I saw a lot of big conferences and big events. And again, and in my book, I continually say, 
I want my heart to be shown that the big parts of the kingdom of God are so beautiful and God's hand and God's breath are on those things. But God brought me through a series of events where I, I, I just knew, okay, it's time for me to go and preach the gospel and, and tell everybody about Jesus and travel. Well, when I thought that that was my time to go and preach the gospel and be out, I'll say be out on stages and holding microphones. It was then that God invited me behind the scenes to help my grandparents. And so that looked different than I always thought it was going to look. And I think if you have walked with God for however number of years, you will see when you're following him and you're following the Holy Spirit, he will take you to places that you didn't think that you were going to be. You didn't think you'd ever, ever even have a desire to be, but God stirs our hearts and changes us and molds us into his will and his plan and, and just to bring him glory. So through a series of events, I was behind the scenes and, and then again, someone can read my book if they want all of the details. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember, I recommend you do, by the way, (laughs) it's beautiful. (laughs) And I I remember saying to the Lord when there was this point of decision, because I then after I was behind the scenes, God had said, okay, now's the time to go and stand on the platform and hold microphones. And, And now's the time to go into those places that you grew up. So I was there and I felt like at that time I was building, climbing what I say in my book is like this Christian ladder. I was gaining influence, it felt like. But then in that place, I felt God was asking me to move overseas to Greece and let go of all the things that I held, you know, dear or held, I was comfortable with. So I remember knowing in my heart, well, God, if I pick up and go, I'm about to be hidden. I'm about to be where nobody cares who you are. Nobody knows who you are. And I knew that decision was going to take me into a place of obscurity and smallness. And that's the first time that I actually prayed that prayer. I don't care what it looks like as long as I'm following you. Because that decision, I knew, I was like, well, this looks like it's going further away from what I think ministry is, is preaching the gospel. And But what I found through all of those events and this whole journey is ministry is not standing on a stage holding a microphone. Ministry is love and ministry is servanthood. First of all, love to Jesus. I remember praying that prayer to the Lord and and saying, I don't care what it looks like as long as I'm following you. And he puts this in my heart. And there was this time of surrender where I said to him, well, I don't really want to, but I know I'm going to do it. And and as I'm saying that to him, like, Lord, this is hard. And I think it's important for us to be honest. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the places he invites us to, well, many times it's hard on our flesh. It's this mm-hmm. crucifying of our flesh. And I saw in my heart this picture of Jesus. And he said, but would you do it for me? Oh, and I just God. began to weep. And I'm like, yes, yes, I'll do anything for you. Yeah. yeah. And so this journey, you know, that that decision took me overseas to Greece and we, you know, I met my husband in Greece. We opened a children's home and, and just so many treasures of just following him and just saying to him, 
I don't care what it looks like as long as I'm following you because ministry in all of our lives doesn't just look like one thing. It looks like wherever the Lord is leading us. Fruitfulness doesn't just look like, oh, you have a bunch of books and you have this and you do this. Fruitfulness is abiding in the vine. So I, I pray that we come to that place of just saying to the Lord, if you want me so hidden, how many saints are standing in heaven that none of us ever knew their name, but they have this heavenly reward that actually counts for something and counts for eternity. So it's, it's cultivating that heart. I want the things that are important to God, important to me and the things that have no value to him to have no value to me. And so when I pray that prayer, it's a risky prayer to pray because sometimes it takes us into places that we didn't think that we would be, but we love his voice more than our own ideas. We love his voice more than where we think we should go. We just love him. Yeah. Oh, I just love it. I love it. One, everything that you've just shared, I'm like inside, I'm just listening going, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's one of the things that impacted me when I was reading your book. Um, I love the title, Sacred Smallness, you know, and that is the message of the book, isn't it? And it's, and I love it. It really impacted me how really you have been led by Jesus on a journey, which is really about discovering what really matters to him when he looks at a person's life seeing it through the lord's eyes we value people very differently hey we we like things like success in life what success actually is you know when you see it through the lord's eyes like you share you know in your story this is what you've discovered the the value that that jesus has when you're there sort of in the kitchens or you're changing diapers or you're, you know, like you said, you're in the invisible life. You're now in what big ministry world was view, would view potentially as a small life, but actually it's massively important to the Lord's heart because you're doing it out of love. And that was the thing. It just so impacted me, Jenny, when you said the, the why, what is it? What is it? that's going on in your heart. Why are you doing what you're doing? And that's what matters. And that's what the fruit, the fullness that flows out of our relationship with him. So can you just, I love that phrase, sacred smallness, because it validates us no matter what our life looks like. It validates us, isn't it? And empowers us. So can I just ask you to speak into that a little bit more, the phrase and what you've learned in your journey around that subject? Well, like you said, I think that there's so much shame connected to living, I'm going to put in quotations, a normal life. There's this expectation that you need to live a huge life in order to be satisfying and pleasing to God. Well, how many people feel that need? Well, I need to be pleasing to God, so I need to be a preacher. When that's actually not where God wanted us this person to be, but there's so much joy in knowing that God's joy and delight is truly just over people that have surrendered and just said yes. And I, one of my prayers is that God removes the shame and brings the oil of joy over people who live normal lives. Because to be honest, the scripture says that the saints, that the, the, apostle, the prophet, the fivefold ministry gifts, our job is to equip the saints so that they can go out and do the work and be in the harvest. So if you look at that, actually, 
who are they referring to the saints, not the preachers and the apostles and the prophets. Mm -hmm. It's the people living the normal lives who are in these places being equipped to go out. I asked my sister-in-law once, I was like, what would you consider a spiritual life? She said, having a job in the secular world, loving my family, loving Jesus. And, And I'm hearing that. I'm like, that is so spiritual. But we've put it down so much. So I believe that we have this responsibility to honor the people, honor the the moms and the dads that are at home and loving their children. But we can put so much expectation. And, and I think there's this inner measuring system that we can have. Like, oh, we're not quite as holy as them or we're not quite there. Or God is more pleased with this person because they have all this or they're doing this. But really, God's pleasure is not in what we're doing. It's in our heart. So I just believe that that we're going to have a, a soul satisfaction to truly just be worshipers and just abiding in the vine that we realize that that is where real fruit is. Yeah. That is where that's where we're supposed to be. And that's what is important in our lives. So I believe that shame will be lifted off of doctors and teachers who just feel unspiritual because they feel they're doing unspiritual work. But Amy mm. Carmichael said, like, it's the, it is the very things that people feel are unspiritual that are actually very holy and very spiritual because you're doing it unto the Lord. Yeah, it's so true. It reminds me of the quote, you know, the very famous quote from Mother Teresa, do small things with great love. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So this is how God sees things. Yeah, I think we can yeah. just get so wrapped up in in a certain way we think ministry should be or kingdom yeah. should be. And we are so small minded when we think that way. Yeah, it's this sacred secular divide, isn't it? The Lord's dissolving it. It's yes, actually, amen. It's coming back to what you say in your book. It's It's the why, why we do what we do, what's going on in our heart. Are we being motivated by love? It's it's one Corinthians thirteen, isn't it? Yes. Really, if it, if when if what we're doing doesn't isn't motivated by love, it actually doesn't mean anything. Which is actually a very strong thing for Paul to say, you know, in Corinthians. But it's true, isn't it? You it know, is. That has lasting impact is what's flowing from the Lord's heart because He's a God. You're of love. so right. It even says you can move mountains, you can speak the tongue of men and angels, and you see a lot of spiritual seeming people that are not spiritual at all. According to this, because if you yeah. have not love, it is nothing. So it really is a humbling and and yeah. sobering fact, you know, to look at ourselves and say, Lord, I, I don't want all these things if I don't have love that flows from you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it is, I think, I think many of us like all around the world and you guys watching today and listening today, we're all unraveling from religion fast, aren't we? It doesn't satisfy in the end. No. The only thing that satisfies the, it, Jesus is our significance, isn't he? Jesus, the one who meets all of our needs. And in the end, we try every other way. And eventually we get to that point where, like you did, where you just yielded and you knew like over and over and over, like you share, you know, there's got to be more. I know there's more Jesus. I know there's more. I just want you. Nothing yes. else. Nothing else is going to cut it. And coming from your kind of family and background as well, what you share has a lot of weight. You know, mm. you, you're coming from generations of Christians and people who, you know, have loved people well on platforms. And, you know, it's like you, you've seen firsthand it has to be 
like you said, it has to be you and Jesus and the fruitfulness of your life coming from that, whether you're speaking to millions or you're changing a diaper, you know, it's, absolutely. In the end, it's of both of equal importance. Yes. Your heart towards the Lord. And that's why I think your book's so on time. It's such a message that we need right now to remember and come back to that pure, pure motivation of heart, you know, being the core value of our life. Okay. So I could talk to you for hours about this. It's just, I just love your story. Um, So tell us a little bit more about what's happening now with the orphanage and what you're doing with Abba House and everything. Definitely. Well, the Lord has been so faithful uh, through since the beginning. It was miraculous that we even got started, that, you know, we were sent children. Um, every children's home works with the government. So the government will have a case and they send the case to us. So from the beginning, really, we're, we didn't know what we were doing at all. So we were over our head completely. And one of our prayers was, God, do something so big, so mighty, so miraculous that no man can get the credit but you. So we would pray these prayers. We would pray that the Lord, when these children would come in, that he would restore their innocence, that they would have permission to be childlike again. So as we're praying these prayers, all these children began to come and we begin to see so many miracles, so many miracles of the soul, so many miracles physically, so many financial miracles. I mean, if you're going to be in orphan care and child care, you will see miracles in every level because it is the heart of God. And he will make it happen. That's what I've learned. Um, I, I've always known, Lord, this is your heart more than it's my heart. So now we are functioning. We've been, I can't, I don't remember exactly how many years. Um, I believe around five years we've been there. And um, we just received around eight children. So now we have around Oh my, my math right now, my math skills are not that great right now. We have about um, <laughs> right. 13 to 15 or 16 children right now. And um, just, we have the most amazing local staff. We call them Thea's, which means aunt in Greek. And we also began a program called Ikoyenya Mazi, which means family together in Greek. And it basically, we had some children in our home that had a very loving mother, but because of financial situations, they would call them social orphans. And there's so many of those children that are in children's home who have children's homes who have a loving parent but they just can't provide for them wow so the the financial crisis yes yes and so and so there's I think there's children all like that around the world and so the Lord put this desire in our heart these children need to be with their loving mother and so we stepped in we stepped in and uh, support housing and counseling, um, job training, education. And so now these children who grew up in a home for about three years, now they get to be with their mother and grow up as, and this woman who was separated for, with her kids for years, she now gets to have the place as a mother in their life. And so it's very restorative. Um, and if we can step in before children even have to be with the trauma of separation, that would be our heart and our goal. So we we do we're helping with the Ukrainian refugee crisis. Um, really, wherever there's a need, we just ask the Lord. Okay, Lord, show us how can we be a part and be a voice 
for the fatherless and give us strategies. So um, we have a, an amazing team there in Greece and I'm just so thankful. You know, there's so many miracles that we see all the time. And um, so, and we're just ready for whatever the Lord has. We're expanding into, we're working on expanding into other cities. Um, we'll eventually expand into other nations as the Lord leads. So, yeah. So beautiful. It is his heart, isn't it? Like he says, true religion, you know, is taking care of the orphans and the widows. And and I love what you're doing, you know, uh, the, the fact you are teaching these children that they have a father. You're bringing them into the experience of, of his presence, aren't you? Yeah. So they're understanding they are actually part of a family, a kingdom family. And there's the the physical family, but actually they are of they of eternal value. You know, they are yes. sons and daughters of the Most High God. So, oh, like, can you give us a story, like, of any like where you've seen a huge transformation? I mean, it just makes my heart sing listening to children. How the Lord oh. children. Yeah, the there there was um, a situation where, um, okay, yes. There was a situation where we had some children in our home and they were here for, they were there for a few years and we loved them and we cared for them. Well, for various reasons, because actually it's the government's decision whether a child could come in the home or not, most, many times. So this, there was a government decision that this child needed to, to leave. We didn't feel like it was the right time, but we're like, okay, we sowed seeds, we, we need, you know, they need to leave. So they, they've been out of the house for a few years. They got in some trouble, sadly. Um, and the thing is, um, so many things are generational about generational curses. And, and, but when you know the father and you've received Jesus, you live in a generational blessing. So, uh, that's what we pray and we believe for these children. So anyway, um, so this this child saw one of our staff members and began talking to the staff member and and the person the the friend next to this child said why are you talking to them and she said this is Abba house this is the only place that i've ever felt loved in all of her years even two years after she left she could say this place there's something about this place it it's the only place that I've ever felt loved. And we've seen, I mean, so many testimonies of children that were very shy and, and had so much oppression and now just so joyful and laughing and independent. You know, we had one girl who um, now she's almost 20, I think, but we trans helped her transition into her own place and helping her mom. And so to see somebody that came in not knowing what love was, not knowing what healthy, healthy family was, now is able to even care for their family. Um, another, another thing that I've loved and I've always kept close to me is one, one child, we asked them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And this child, I mean, their mom was in an institution and had so many, so many things on drugs, didn't have a father in their life. And, and he just said, I want to be a father. When he was asked what he wanted to be when he grew up, I want to be a dad. How amazing is that? What, how God can restore someone's 
even someone's destiny that they were born for. So it's amazing. It really is amazing. And we feel so honored that we get to even be a small part and, and we realize that it's God, it, it's the love of God that changes these children and, and does something in them that will last for eternity. So it's amazing. Our staff is amazing. Our Thea's. And, and that's the greatest resource that we have is love because that's the most catalytic. Like um, love is, is what changes everything. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It's inspirational listening to you. Yeah, like it well, says, you have to come and see us. <laughs> I will. I tell you, I will absolutely. Oh, it's my heart. It's my heart. The children in my heart. Yeah, and just what you're doing every day. You know, you really are inspirational. Like what the Lord will do with our life when we lay our lives down, where we just say yes to Him. You know, out of love for Him, and He takes our lives and He fits us on like a glove, and He just breathes through us. And yes. your life is changing changing the future, changing not just those children that are coming in and finding family and finding the love of Father through you and through your embrace and love and care together, but it's changing the future. You know, like you said, yeah. that that little boy said he wants to be a father, you know, and he and then them experiencing love, you know, for the first time, just pure love yeah. with no motive, no agenda, no abuse, just love. it's just beautiful how can people support you because i know people will want to look you up and look at what you're doing how can that how can they find you well you can go to love to the nations.com that is our ministry page um actually we this is another step of surrender you you get so used to being in the background and being hidden and then we we felt the lord's invitation the last um couple years to move back to the states so that's also miraculous that I was like, okay, Lord, like, and we actually want to. So we are in the process of transitioning back to America and we'll be both places eventually. But um, anyway, so you can go to love to the nations.com Instagram, Jenny, Olivia. I'm not amazing at updating, but I'm getting better. (laughs) So you're a bit busy. Hey, for social media, I'm sure. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's like, I don't know. It, I'm trying to really be better at it. I'm even on TikTok and I'm like, I'm not sure about this, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's, it's great to be able for people to be able to follow your journey, you know, because it yeah. is really inspirational. It really is. And it's such oh. important work. And, and I'm sure, you know, there's many of you watching that would want to wrap around what you're doing, you know, in, even in a small way. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can't be there, we can we can support in some way. So yeah, well, I'm oh, going to try to update even more if I know that. <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> oh, no, it's wonderful! It's wonderful! And I just want to say we've we've just got a couple of minutes left, Jenny. Would you pray for us? Just for, yes. particularly, I feel like what's in my heart is those of you that you know are getting to this stage yourselves. You know, you just don't know how to get from vision to reality, or you know, you always want to go deeper. I just feel your prayers would be so important right now for people's lives you know because yeah because of what you've walked through yes well father in the name of jesus we come to you so thankful for your presence thankful for your love that are, is just enveloping us lord and i pray lord for a spirit of surrender in every one of our hearts that we hear your voice lord and that we know your voice and we know your direction and god i just pray that that yes resounds in our heart every single day. Every single day we wake up, we want to know 
what are you saying, Lord? What is your heart? What is your heart for our day? What is your heart for our life? And we just commit to you, Lord. Even before we know the answer, we commit to you to say yes. And, and you, Lord, we just follow your lead with joy. Lord, I pray that your presence, it just, it is around us. It surrounds us. And, and for this, the satisfaction of knowing you, Lord, I pray for anybody who has felt confused from following you or they feel confused on what direction. Lord, I just pray for a, a sense of clarity right now to come into their heart, come into their mind that, that, we are your sheep and you are our shepherd and we were created to know that still small voice. So we just say yes, Lord, forever yes. And again, we pray this prayer again. I don't care what it looks like as long as I'm following you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We agree. Amen. We agree. And it is, it's the, pla the, the place of true surrender I have found over and over because we're on a journey all the time with it, aren't we? But yes. I found it's the place where we do experience his presence, where we do experience true contentment in life. You know, we, Amen. we Amen. I think it's in that freedom, isn't it? Freedom from self-centeredness, freedom to truly love the other truly experience we we lose our life to find it it's that place isn't it in that moment yeah. of surrender and we begin to walk that way and we discover that he is faithful and we are significant and we do have eternal value and we are eternally Amen. loved and we are here to love and it's not complicated you know love yes. god love one another love the one in front like you do you stop with the one and and you change lives because he changes lives through us. Amen. So beautiful, Amen. beautiful. Thank you for yeah. giving us. And guys, thank you for joining us today. And we pray you have the most blessed week and you go to a different level of experiencing the Lord's love during the course of this week and look forward to being with you again next Monday. God bless. Hi, if you really enjoyed today's show and you want to go deeper with Jesus and experience his love and his presence more than you ever have, then I have a present for you, a free gift. If you want to jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and just click on and sign up, then you will receive one of my teaching videos that I have created especially for you that will not only give you a few keys just very, very quickly that you can uh, utilize in your daily walk with the Lord, um, but also I'm going to take you there as well. So it's an activation. So yeah, so jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and you are going to be so blessed.